0: This is Upstate's Health Inc. on Air, Linda Cohen along with you. Well, with the growth of eating disorders in teens, both male and female, there have been many who have asserted that this is simply due to lifestyle choices rather than representing a true disease entity. Well, here with more on all of this is Dr. Jack Wohler's. He's the CEO and Clinical Director of Center Syracuse. It's a program for treating adults and adolescents with eating disorders. Welcome, Dr. Wollers. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Linda. So when we talk, when we use the term eating disorder, just help us understand what do we actually mean?
1: Well, for the purposes this morning, we'll be talking about uh, three diagnostic categories, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder, which has been added in the DSM-5 as a eating disorder diagnosis.
0: So the whole idea of them being labeled as disorders, because you just mentioned them as disorders, I mean, is there any truth to the idea that this is a choice as opposed to a true disorder?
1: No. No. It's not a choice. Uh, unfortunately, it may be looked at that way, and I think that's unfortunate. But um, actually, the, the way that I conceive of an eating disorder is it's a way of coping. It's a strategy for dealing with uh, stress, uh, life changes. Um, it, actually, the, the, the time frames uh, developmentally when someone is likely to develop an eating disorder is the transition from childhood to adolescence, nine, maybe 10 to 13, and when uh, the adolescent is leaving home, maybe 17 to 21. Uh, uh, At those points in life, developmentally, there's a lot going on, and this is viewed as a way of coping with that.
0: So let's talk about the different types, because you alluded to three different types, which are the main kind of uh, categories within this larger category of eating disorders. Let, when we say an, anorexia nervosa, what are we talking about? What does it actually mean? Well,
1: we're talking about uh, an individual, and tr- truthfully there are many more women than men uh, with anorexia nervosa. An individual who, um, again, uh, looking for a way to cope, will restrict, will diet, uh, will lose significant amounts of weight. In the process, uh, they are they have a fear of gaining weight. Uh, and have difficulty perceiving themselves accurately in terms of their own body shape and size.
0: So they may have a, what they call a body dysmorphia in the sense that they don't really see? Now,
1: well, body dysmorphia is a little different. Body okay. dysmorphia is when someone focuses on a particular part or aspect of their okay. body. Uh, with uh, anorexia nervosa, it's, uh, it's a, a, way, a number on a scale Or in some cases, the size of clothing that they wear—that they need to become thinner.
0: So the symptoms are basically: they restrict their eating, they diet heavily, and an intense
1: exercise. Um, There's a subgroup of uh, women with anorexia nervosa who are binging and purging, which makes sense in some ways because biologically, it's very hard to starve yourself. Uh, for a long period of time, eventually uh, women will start binge eating and uh, then they compensate by uh, by purging, usually vomiting.
0: So is that what's called bulimia nervosa? No, no. Actually,
1: actually this is called anorexia nervosa uh, subgroup, uh, binging and purging subtype. Bulimia nervosa is, uh, again, there aren't as many weight Criteria, uh, someone with bulimia nervosa may be in normal weight, may be overweight, may be, may be uh, slightly underweight, uh, but again, the, uh, the focus is on binge eating. Binge eating means eating a very large quantity of food for, for an individual that age and gender, um, and uh, it's followed by a sense of loss of control and then some form of compensation. Vomiting, laxatives, uh, exercising.
0: Um. So binging and purging, basically. Yeah, binging and purging. Yeah. And and how about binge eating disorder as an isolated issue? That's different than bulimia it, it nervosa? It is. It
1: is. And, and, and the binge eating, including that in the diagnostic criteria, actually identifies more men um, who have binge eating disorder. Essentially the binge eating is the same as you'd find in bulimia nervosa, the same emotional side effects of that, uh, the sense of loss of control, but there's no compensatory behavior, there's no purging. Um,
0: so hence those people might actually be overweight?
1: They could. It. It. Um, it, it uh, I'm not trying to say everyone who has a binge eating disorder ends up being overweight, uh, but uh, there's a likelihood that they could, yes.
0: Which of these three are most common?
1: Well, binge eating uh, uh, disorder is very fairly common. Um, uh, the, uh, bulimia nervosa is uh, perhaps next most common, and then anorexia nervosa uh, is probably least common.
0: So what are the basics, you know, the signs and symptoms of any of these? In other words, how would someone recognize that someone in their life was showing signs of these problems.
1: Well, with anorexia nervosa, uh, the the weight loss is is very clear. It's one of the diagnostic criteria, and um, you you see this with somebody even if they're trying to hide it. Uh, but other things uh, to look for are obsession with the, with the weight, um, weighing oneself frequently, um, c- clearly restricting uh, calorically. Um, And um, it's, again, pretty obvious. Bulimia nervosa is is more secretive because there's a sense of shame associated with uh, losing control with binge eating and vomiting. Uh, It's a little harder to detect also because the weight may not be low. Um, But there, uh, dentists often have uh, an opportunity to diagnose diagnose the problem because of uh, the enamel being worn away by the stomach acids.
0: Because Uh, of the constant... Basic vomiting, vomiting causes correct
1: it. and. Um, uh, uh, Do they also
0: have other gastrointestinal problems like acid reflux, things like that that develop? Acid
1: reflux is very common uh, with someone who has bulimia nervosa.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with psychologist Dr. Jack Wohlers. We're talking about eating disorders. So go on with binge eating disorder. Is there some way that you would know? Or, some way that, you know, what are some uh, of the symptoms or signs?
1: Again, uh, that is often done secretively. You don't find somebody publicly uh, binge eating. Uh, and that's probably harder to diagnose, even uh, more so than bulimia nervosa or anorexia nervosa. Um, again, uh, secretive eating, if people are not eating uh, in more public situations uh, but remain heavy. There can be uh, an in, that can be an indication that somebody is um, maybe binge eating secretively.
0: So you mentioned earlier when we talked about risk factors and causative factors, this idea of dealing with transitions. Adults have this as well, but is that usually a carryover from an earlier developmental stage?
1: Well, um, uh, one of the issues uh, that I really want to emphasize is it's important for early identification. Um, we, we do know um, prevention is still because of the complexity of uh, eating disorders, the variables that contribute to someone developing an eating disorder. It's, it, it's hard to develop a true prevention program. It actually has to start probably with the family. But identifying someone with an eating disorder early on in adolescence is very important. If they get appropriate treatment, there's a, a, an 86% chance of complete recovery. As someone moves on into adulthood, um, that actually decreases to maybe 35 to 45 percent. Part of the reason is that people leave treatment. Uh, The idea of having to gain weight uh, is often frightening for someone with an eating disorder. They may leave treatment before they do regain the body weight they need. Um, but it, it's important to identify it early and get somebody into treatment.
0: Well, getting to treatment, what have you found that actually works? I mean, this is what you do, and what's the prognosis? Well, we, As you mentioned, if it's treated early, there can yeah. be a pretty good prognosis.
1: Treatment treatment is effective. Treatment helps. Uh, and we know a fair amount about treatment because there's been a lot of research on what works. With bulimia nervosa, uh, outpatient treatment may actually be quite effective, uh, outpatient treatment would include a uh, consultant with a dietician, uh, a therapist who understands eating disorders, and probably working with a primary care physician. Uh, when, the emph- when the emphasis is upon uh, regulating eating, uh, and sometimes with bulimia nervosa, uh, the antidepressants, especially if there's co-occurring uh, co- uh, depression, can be helpful. Um,
0: what type of what type of psychological treatment, though, is necessary? I mean, is it is this talk therapy? Is it a, you know CBT, so, cognitive behavioral therapy? What it, kinds of it's things It's primarily are,
1: cognitive behavioral therapy has been uh, the one approach that seems to be most effective. Now, there's again a lot of research out there. There may be other ways, other intervention strategies that may work. Uh, what seems to help most with with binge eating is, again, regulating one's uh, one's eating so that there aren't periods of restriction prior to the binge eating. Uh, but it also focuses on other ways of coping uh, and perceptions about one's understanding about oneself. A lot of education goes a long way in helping with bulimia
0: Which are the most intractable, or which is the most intractable of all of these three?
1: Well, anorexia nervosa is is difficult to treat on an outpatient basis because uh, a major part of anorexia nervosa is refeeding, is getting somebody to eat again and to gain weight. And the problem there, of course, is that's what they're afraid of. And so I know uh, there are some therapists who believe if I just do psychotherapy um, that things will change. But um, uh, actually, what you need to do is is to refeed an anorexic. So probably a higher level of care, a partial hospital level of care, or maybe and even your inpatient, right,
0: offers that kind of thing.
1: Might um, is usually necessary with anorexia nervosa. And
0: often family members, especially if we're talking teenagers, family really needs to get involved. Critically.
1: You know, families don't cause eating disorders. Right. But uh, it's very important to have them involved in treatment because they can go a long way in helping someone with an eating disorder.
0: What's your take on this idea of how our society has contributed? I mean, I know we say that there, there are some hypotheses that there's some genetic component that it runs in families, but obviously a lot has been said about the social norm here mm-hmm. and this whole idea of thin is good and, and fat is bad kind right. of thing. Right, right.
1: Well, I think the um, the media gets a bad name in all of this. Um, I do think that the um, diet industry, which is a sixty to eighty billion dollar industry, uh, contributes to um, uh, people developing eating disorders. Uh, the fashion industry, to a certain extent, may. Um, but there are many other variables. There are uh, very clearly um, genetic components to this. There there are predispositions individuals may be temperamentally predisposed anxiety uh, is a, a key factor in somebody developing an eating disorder the important thing is to realize it's a way of coping
0: and that there's hope i think so your, yes there is your hope. bottom line message is
1: there is hope especially if you get treatment treatment does help
0: so I, early identification whenever possible the part mm-hmm. of the problem is that if it's being hidden it's kind of hard to find exactly but early exactly. identification is really what you're saying, mm-hmm. and the fact that therapy can really work. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for coming in. It's a very hopeful message. My guest has been Dr. Jack Wolers. He's the CEO and clino- clinical director of the Center Syracuse, which is a program for treating both adolescents and adults with eating disorders. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstates, HealthLink on Air.